Hi, welcome to Hints of Gladness. I'm your host, Rod Jans. In our current series of podcasts, we're exploring the topic of contemplation. What does it mean, and how does it impact the way we show up in the world? I'm hoping that these conversations will be a contemplative experience. So I invite you to join us, engage, and be open as we discuss my guests' spiritual journeys and their contemplative experiences. My guest today is my good friend, Sue Vanderwood. Sue is married to Tony and has three adult children and six grandchildren. She received an MDiv from Tyndale Seminary in Toronto, Ontario, and is a graduate of Tyndale's first spiritual direction practicum. She received continuing education through workshops in the practice of spiritual direction from Loyola House in Guelph, Ontario, and supervisors training through Together in Ministry. She is a co-founder and partner of SoulStream, a contemplative community where ongoing support for living the contemplative life happens. She is nourished by the ever-changing beauty of nature, walking her dog Oliver, poetry, continuing to learn, companioning others, and her family. Now, please help me welcome Sue Vanderwood. Well, hello again, Sue. We've been chatting here a little bit. Sue and I are longtime friends, and I would actually say dear friends. I was When I was thinking about talking to you today, I was just bringing a, already bringing a smile to my face. Oh, wow. <laughs> me too, Brad. <laughs> Whenever I can meet with and see Tony and Sue, it's uh, always a good thing, so... Appreciate you joining me like this. So I've been starting these times out with a time of uh, silence. And so um, just want to invite you, Sue, to enter into that and also our listeners to just one or two minutes to help help us arrive. So let's let's do that. And I just encourage our listeners to do whatever they do in order to silence uh, themselves or, yeah, it, it practice silence. So let's begin. So thank you. Thank you to our listeners and thank you to Sue. And um, Sue, I wonder what's, 
surfacing for you or how do we find you on this day? What's it like to be Stu Vanderwood <laughs> on, on this particular day? On this particular day. Well, Rod, um, this is a first for me. I've never been invited to be part of a podcast before. So I'm feeling I was I was trying to listen to my body and our quiet. And I felt it felt like just uh tingles of excitement and uh tinged with anxiety so uh, (laughs) that's that's how i arrive here today yeah to this podcast with you rod excellent i was i was thinking actually while during that silence as well that uh you know when when you're doing something like this that it's going to be really hard to uh be quieter to be still, you know? So yeah, I, I appreciate where you're at and what you're saying there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, a few weeks ago, we, we were part of a small group at a gathering and I, I got a little bit of insight into how you grew up. It was kind of one of the assignments. Remember that? Where we, yes, I sure do. We drew it out. So yeah, I do. In fact, it plays into one of your, um, questions that you offered to me to help me prepare exactly yeah. well that's the question i want to ask you right now is just what were some of the your spiritual influences growing up yeah right um that day at the soul stream gathering partner gathering i was surprised that i my heart took me to my childhood mm. and um and and the joy that was evoked there and um and it really ties in i've been i've been curious about it since and i've pondered it you know here and there since the gathering and i'm i'm wondering if my childhood and the catholic neighborhood that i grew up in and my friends who were all Catholic there, all went to Catholic school, went to went to the parish church there, um, were the beginnings of my heart being drawn to the mystery, mm-hmm. the mystery of uh, of God, because it was so mysterious to me. Oh, yeah. I I would go to the Catholic church with my friends and they would sprinkle themselves with holy water and and it looked so different from any other church that I had been in. So and then I would go with them to help the sisters or the nuns prepare their classrooms for school. And so and they were always kind and welcoming. And then my girlfriend, right in my backyard, they were a very devout Catholic, and they would invite me to join them for the rosary. And and so all those different elements were very um, unknown to me. And and I would name it now uh, a held mystery. Mm -hmm. And I think that went in deeper than than I realized at the time. Yeah. And I I am kind of believing that it was a piece of my formation. Yeah, yeah. 
I was going to say it was kind of formative or um, the beginning of something, right? Like the beginning, beginning of curiosity and mystery. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it was, and it was a good experience. Yeah. And it was, it was the, the people, the, the, the nuns mostly um, were welcoming and inviting and my neighbors were welcoming and inviting you know to join them in their prayer and uh so i remember from what you were saying they they seem to be very hospitable and and kind of the the go the go-to house in the neighborhood right (laughs) and fun yeah exactly and huge with all kinds of different rooms and we'd play hide and seek and uh it was just yeah, it was good. And they had the most wonderful chestnut tree in their yard. And we would gather chestnuts and make necklaces and uh, just really, yeah, good memories. Yeah. Like yeah. And your family was Protestant or were they very active in the church or in, in the faith at all, in any sort of faith? Yeah, right. Well, my my mom, no, I would say that not like some. Family like my Catholic neighbors, they grew into their, they were born into their Catholicism. I was not born into a faith tradition, and um, by faith or by uh, culture, like uh, Tony, my husband is Dutch, so he was born into the. Christian reform faith and the, the church we have been part of is Mennonite. Well, the people there are born into that. No, not me, not me. So, um, but my mom always, she held a deep faith. She didn't talk about it much, but I sense she held a deep faith in her own way. And she always made sure that we went what, whatever vacation Bible school there was around or whatever, whatever. And I was, uh, what do they call it in the congregational church? I was um, blessed. There is a word. It's not coming to me. And then my dad had a kind of a conversion experience in the Lutheran church. And then we were all going to the Lutheran church and taking catechism and things like that. And uh, uh, that lasted for a while. And that was, that was fairly formative, I also believe, for me, because it, too, was more sacramon- sacramental and liturgical. And that held kind of in- an intrigue to my heart, for my heart. So that's kind of, yeah, my upbringing. What eventually drew you to contemplation? Um, well, when I married Tony, we were naturally part of the Christian Reformed Church, and then we were then we moved and we were part of an evangelical church, and um, and then after our children were launched, I went on to um, um, seminary, Tyndale Seminary, and 
started an MDiv program and there was kind of an inner knowing that there was more. And I believe that's why I was drawn to seminary. And also to, I took the counseling stream there. It was embedded in the MDiv program. But the electives, I got to take electives at some point. And there were electives on spirituality. And, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was in my, well, in my 40s then. And, and I went to the classes and man, it was like, the expression goes, my heart was strangely warmed because I was being introduced to other, other authors, other knowing of God. And, and it was there. I would say that the contemplative life budded and began to just grow in me. And, and the, I'll never forget the professor talked about spiritual directors. And I thought to myself, and, and there was some uh, challenges in, in the evangelical evangelical church we were attending at the time. So I was feeling a little bumpy in my life. And I went up to the professor and I said, do you have the name of any of these spiritual directors? And, uh, and he said, yes, as a matter of fact, I do. And so he gave me a name. And I, I mean, I think I went home and called this person. And set up my first uh, first session with her. Happened to be a her, and it was the beginning of an amazing journey and uh, of growing my inner life, of paying attention to my inner, not just having things fed to me from the outer but listening from a deeper place. And she described herself as a burnt out Baptist uh, missionary. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, uh, and she also led me through, as we went on together, through the spiritual exercises of Ignatius. and. Um, and that's where the whole relational part of getting to know Jesus was, was supported and nurtured. And, and it's where Jesus began to be my very good friend. And uh, so that's, that, that was where the contemplative just just continued to blossom and and this different way of knowing um not just through sermons and and uh yeah bible studies it sounds like a very sort of god initiated thing like it, like god kind of drew you down this path does it feel that way to you it sure does 
Yeah. Yeah. It sure does. It just the way things just evolved and unfolded. Um, the kerfuffle in, in that evangelical church I was talking about, you know, I, I don't know. You kind of wonder about this. I don't know how we would have left otherwise if we weren't really uh, disturbed by some things that happened. And that that led me to, oh, I need some support here. And the and I was at the seminary. So yeah, it there was just an unfolding, I would say. It was quite quite something. Yeah. And yeah. The fact that you your professor mentioned that and knew of a spiritual director. I was gonna say <laughs> I think and I think you know, it took me three years to find Soul Stream. So it took me like three years to find a spiritual director. I had heard about the inbox, but there was no um there was no website or anything like that. So <laughs> your your finding a spiritual director was way quicker than <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I'm really grateful for that. Really grateful. Yeah. It was very, very formative and uh nurturing and yeah. and and grounding and grounding. Yeah. I'm not sure how to ask this question, but sort of as a man, realize I'm talking to a woman, like, was there some significance to that too? Like finding a, a female spiritual director and then also, you know, in a way being empowered to, um, you know, find answers for yourself and to have this internal, you know, have this relationship that was not, not being fed from the outside, but learning to trust your who you are for, and and your ability to hear and to discern and to listen to God and all that kind of stuff. You know, was there any, I'm not sure how to ask it, but just as a, was there anything going on as a, that was affirming and empowering as a, as a, as a woman? Yes. I think, um, I think that it felt very, um, comfortable for me to enter in um, with Sandra uh, because, because she was a woman and she had, she was kind of launched out of missionary work because I'm not, sh I'm, I'm not, I'm not a hundred, well, I'm not clear on her story about why she left the mission field, but she felt like kind of a soul sister because she too, this unfolded for her in a way. And so, I mean, you're helping me re reflect on that now, but um, I'm, I'm sure that she could understand me too and my story. And, and, you know, and then from that place could ask good questions and, uh, and be affirming and, and had a sense of my heart and its longing about wanting to know more, wanting to know God more. So, yeah, I think she was the right person for the right time. It's wonderful. I know that you and Tony are voracious 
readers. And uh, <laughs> I'm always, seems like almost every time I talk to you guys, I'm, oh, that, that, that would be a good book to read. I'm, I'm hearing book recommendations from you. <laughs> yeah, probably more so Tony. Uh, Tony, really, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll ask it like this. Maybe you're prepared to answer it in some other way, but like what was a book when you, you mentioned reading back in, in college, or, you know, that you were introduced some, to some new authors. I'm wondering if there's a book maybe from the past that was very formational and maybe something that's current that you're, okay. you're really enjoying right now. You know, hands down, Henry Nowen. He, he blew my heart out of the water. <laughs> he, um, he was, his books were clear. I don't know. I want to use the word simple, but that probably isn't quite right. But clear, not, not volumes, but his heart shone through so beautifully. And it was Henry, spending time with Henry Nowen in his books, that, that my heart woke up to, uh, you can do things wrong. You can get things wrong. You can, you can not be right. You can have major struggles. And you know what? You're still loved by God. And he was so honest and so vulnerable that he was, he was my, a very significant mentor to me through his books in that time. And, and then, and so I had him pictured in my mind as this just little monk, contemplative, quiet, you know, just moving slow. <laughs> and, had this, and then he came to speak at our seminary in, in one of the rooms. It was a large, you know, room. And uh, I, it was the funniest thing ever. My girlfriend and I were sitting in the front row. We didn't want to miss hearing him. He was anything but peace and calm. He was walking around that room and, and absent-minded, and he forgot his Bible, and he asked my friend if he could use her Bible. <laughs> it was so, it was just so funny. And, uh, and I loved it. <laughs> he was, he was so human, just yeah. so, so real, so good. Yeah. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah, you kind of have the, this picture of someone because he's it, it blew your mind, I guess, as, as far as what a contemplative person might be, or even from his readings, you would think, oh, he's just this quiet little monk kind of thing. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've seen him speak just on videos, and yeah, he's very, very charismatic and, and <laughs> loud, and like he's yeah, animated, really animated. animated. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yep. So yeah. What's current for you? What's, what's a, a book that you've been enjoying lately? As far as the spiritual writer goes, I'm, I've really been hanging out with Cynthia Borgia. I have such respect for her. She's, she's a brilliant mind. I don't, I don't always understand what she's saying, 
but my heart just keeps being tugged to her. And and to me, it's kind of a mystery. Like I ask myself, what is it, you know? But it's just, it feels like she's inviting me to continue to remember that this faith journey is dynamic and and not to not to just sit down on what we already know but uh continue to be engaged and 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 she just and not only is she a brilliant mind but she is a has such a mystical heart she is a mystic she's a modern day mystic and um so she just she opens more doors for me and um and like I said, not that I understand it all, but that's okay. You know, I I hang in with what I can understand, and at this point, anyway. So, yeah, I like that phrase you said: not to sit down on what we already know, and that that the that our our spiritual walk is dynamic and yeah. always evolving and always changing. Yeah, 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 great. Yeah. I know when I first read, because I'm into Centering Prayer, I read her book on Centering. I couldn't get through it. Like it was just too, yeah. I couldn't understand it. I just thought, oh, I'll just forget it. I'll just practice it, <laughs> experience it. But I revisited that book last year and I got through it and I really appreciated it. So it just wasn't, wasn't time for me yet, I guess, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it isn't time for me with a lot of things that she writes about. But uh, there's always enough that intrigues me and keeps me curious yeah. and open. Yeah, right. It, it helped me to watch. I mean, it helped. Yeah, it helped me to watch some of her videos as well. I think that helped me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she was. Tony and I saw her and Thomas Keating at. Um, Vancouver School of Theology. They offered a summer um, class, not not a class, but it was open and you could attend. Oh man, those two together were were really something. And and so I would have to say another author is Thomas Keating. That is so good, just so good for our hearts. And and his whole concept of of us trying to operate from our programs of happiness and and helping us to to be aware of that and yeah so but the two of them together was dynamic <laughs> i bet yeah yeah and just to be i've only seen videos of him actually i was i took a course that his organization offered and he was on the phone, so that's maybe as close as I I, I got to him. But uh, uh, yeah, did he have quite? It seems like he would have quite a presence. Like to see him in person, he would. It's so it's it's. I was just thinking of that. We're really tracking here, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> he he was he stayed like we stayed downtown at at the Cary dorm, you know, at, on the UBC campus, close to the VST. And he was staying there too. So we would see him at breakfast in the morning, going through the line. And he, he would have his black toucan 
you know, pull down, suffer, but his black suit. And you would not know. You would not know that this man was who he was. Such, such an unimposing presence. And, and it just, to me, he exuded just a humility. And he was quiet. He did not engage with people. I, he, I'm, I'm sure he would if people would go up to him and, and talk to him. But he was just quiet in himself, it felt to me. And, um, and I, I just, I will remember that. And uh, it, was, it was special, very special to be there and, and to see him in person. Yeah. So as a result of your contemplative journey, I mean, one of the things that I found in talking to people who have been on a sort of this contemplative journey is that it, it, it impacts their lives. It, changed, it changes the way that they see the world and how they show up. Um, what has that been like for you? What have you noticed in your own life, things that, that have maybe changed over time that maybe even have surprised you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I I sort of went through um, my notes too, because I don't want to be all over the place. What really has the intentionality, I would say, that I can bring to life now, I'm, I'm, I'm not running on autopilot. I, um, I have an intentionality of being awake and grounded. This is on the good days, not a saint, but uh, I'm very aware of, uh, of what helps, you know, live this contemplative life and to be open to what is there. And, and we live, you know where we live, Rod. Um, but I, I was sort of pondering that this morning, and I've, we live, we are just nurtured here. We are nurtured every single day. It's like we are being held in a container that is so amazing and beautiful. And it's new every morning. The cloud formations, the the hues of the trees, the way the light's hitting them, Mount Baker. Um, we feel so incredibly grateful. And so to, we just hold that, right? Hold hold our hearts open to that and and marvel at it. Marvel that that um that we get to live here. <laughs> And, uh, and so, yeah. And then living the contemplative life retreat is another just heart nurturing thing for me. And I had an amazing experience with a tree that was totally surprising. And 
I, it was like the lenses on my eyes just focused. And it was like I saw bark for the, in a new way, for the first time in a new way. I was so excited that I took my camera and I just went out trying to find all the other trees with their bark. And, and, and then the surprise was just a still, quiet voice nudge saying, go back to the tree that you were with and linger there. And that has stayed with me for years. And I call it the lingering tree because it, it, it really invited me and taught me to linger with what is right there present. So that was a surprising thing that happened. And I revisit it every time I go back on retreat and spend time with it. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. You know, you're speaking my language, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you people's languages. Yeah. Yeah. I have a book for you. I just got it. It's called Church of the Wild. Oh. And so she, she talks about, I think her name is Victoria Luntz. And she talks all about just um, our missing connection with nature and she does talk about trees talking. I'm sure people, some people are listening to us right now. I go, you guys are way out there, but you know, I feel like I've heard a tree up my, my morning walk. You've seen pictures of it. I feel like I have a tree there that spoke to me too. So there we go. There we go. Yeah. And what a beautiful thing to say. I mean, I think that's what you kind of use in terms of discernment, right? Like, yeah. Why wouldn't a tree tell you to come and linger and to spend some time there? And yeah. Mary Oliver, right? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sure, right. It was my my Mary Oliver moment for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And so, Sue, we're going to get into a, a devotional here or something that you you're prepared to share with us. But I'm wondering, just if what's giving you what's giving you life right now? I I was with that question. Rod and um, and there's nothing that is like a, just is big uh, in the moment, but there's a lot of little things and um, and I would say in this post pandemic time now and reentry that I find it a little little challenging and. Um, um, and so not, yeah, but having said that, offering spiritual direction and accompanying people in spiritual direction continues to be so life-giving. These, these dear people entrust their stories to me and I listen with them and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I am so grateful for it. And then on a more out there life-giving experience, we just went to Seattle. And we haven't been able to do that for a really long time. And our whole family went down except for our New Jersey family. And we went to two Blue Jays games. <laughs> but I love our family times. And 
And I love that our family have a lot of fun together. And so that was, uh, that was last weekend. So that's quite a fresh life-giving thing for me too. Yeah. And don't you find post-COVID like that you're appreciating some of these things more than maybe you did beforehand? Like it's, it's so good to get together with friends. It's, it's wonderful to go to the ballpark. I mean, Safeco's are great. That's yeah, experience, I mean, experience for me anyways. It's so beautiful there. It's such it's a beautiful part. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly, Brad. I think that's it. And so you just appreciate it all. Oh, here we are all together and we're enjoying this together. And yeah. And then it was our grandson's 22nd birthday. So then we could all, we all went for, for dinner and came back to our daughter's. It just was special. Yeah. It's good. And you, you brought up spiritual direction and I'll say this, like, we're not here to promote anything, but <laughs> Sue is on my list of referrals, like people that I refer people to for spiritual direction. She's a wonderful spiritual director. Uh-huh. And so my next question actually is about questions. So, you know, in spiritual direction, having questions and good questions is a really important thing. And I'm wondering if there's a question that you wish just in general, people would would ask themselves more. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was good. I have a few things that rose to the surface and one was how am I nurturing my inner life? That, that would be a really important question uh, for me. And, and also, what does love look like in a challenging situation or with a challenging person? Um, that's another one that I hold. And am I awake? Am I conscious? Am I not running on autopilot? And... um and am I paying attention to more than just my head? Am I paying attention to my heart? And am I paying attention to my body? Um, those are those are really, for me, really important questions. Yeah. Such great questions. So our listeners, I'm sure they could hear what I mean. Like, those are great spiritual direction <laughs> questions <laughs> asked by a spiritual director, for sure. Oh. I just, I was going to make a comment on one of them. Oh yeah. So speaking of trees speaking to us, yeah. my tree, I felt like said to me, I, I was walking by it and I just kind of said, so how you doing today? <laughs> and my tree said, I am here. That's what I thought, you know, that's what my intuition or whatever picked up. And so now walking by that tree almost daily, that's my reminder to, I just ask myself, am I here? So it's kind of like your question, am I Am I awake? It's a it's a daily kind of reminder to to ask myself: Am I awake? Am I here? Am I being present as I walk along this trail, or even you know expanded out into the rest of my life? So, great, great, wonderful question, Sue. So we're nearing the end here, and uh, I know you have a couple of things prepared, and I would say go for it. Yeah, I know you mentioned you had two poems, and um, so I'm just going to turn it over to you as if you were leading us in a little contemplative time. So I invite our listeners to just 
settle in and, and listen to what uh, Sue has to share with us now. Thank you, Brad. And yes, I, I invite you to settle in too. And I invite you to pay attention to your breath and to take a few deep cleansing breaths into your whole heart area. And we believe that God indwells us. And so maybe to even invite God to breathe with you. Together breathing right down to your toes and back up again. And may your heart be open to receive Mary Oliver's wild geese poem. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. Tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes. Over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, the world offers itself to your imagination. Calls to you like the wild geese harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. You might pay attention to what, what really attracts your heart in that poem. Might there be an invitation for you in that poem? How might that poem nurture your life? I'm feeling like it would be good to read it again with those questions in mind. You do not have to be good. You do not have to walk on your knees for a hundred miles through the desert repenting. You only have to let the soft animal of your body love what it loves. 
tell me about despair, yours, and I will tell you mine. Meanwhile, the world goes on. Meanwhile, the sun and the clear pebbles of the rain are moving across the landscapes, over the prairies and the deep trees, the mountains and the rivers. Meanwhile, the wild geese, high in the clean blue air, are heading home again. Whoever you are, no matter how lonely, though the world offers itself to your imagination, calls to you like the wild geese, harsh and exciting, over and over announcing your place in the family of things. Mary Oliver, the wild geese. And this will bring an end to my sharing on this podcast, which has been really just a lovely experience. Rod, thank you for inviting me. And it is, I would call it a prayer poem. And uh, it's by Edwina Gately. And it is, goes like this. This is my prayer, that though I may not see, I be aware of the silent God who stands by me, that though I may not feel, I be aware of the mighty love which doggedly follows me, that though I may not respond, I be aware that God my silent, mighty God waits each day quietly, hopefully, persistently, waits each day and through each night for me, for me alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Sue. You're welcome. Thanks again for joining us on Hints of Gladness. For show notes and other resources, please visit hintsofgladness.com.